Ladies, gentlemen, this is the Greatest Asset Community Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Middlebrooks, and in this episode, we are going to be talking about three reasons why this market is different than 2008 and some of the things that you can potentially look forward to in the foreseeable future concerning the real estate market. So if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know that we are now recording all of these episodes and posting them on our YouTube page. So if you would prefer to watch us on YouTube, you can head on over and search for the greatest asset community on YouTube and check out all the podcast episodes on YouTube as well. So as always, let's jump on into it Uh, with the first reason that we have. There is an inventory shortage that we currently have going on right now. There are a lot more people that need homes than what we have available on the market. And you see part of that being reflected in the increase in housing prices because there's been a lot of increase because there's a huge demand in economics 101 supply and demand. When supply is low and demand is high, you do have an increase in prices or prices tend to remain elevated. And so we have a huge demand right now for people that need homes. And I wanna show a little bit of that to you in uh, this chart that I will share my screen for. If you're listening, I'll I'll talk through it so you can still follow along with what it is that uh, I'm saying. So we have, as you can see, in the orange annual home completions and in the blue we've got household growth so this covers a 20 year period from 2002 all the way up through 2022 we're still in 2023 right now so we don't have the completed numbers for that yet but we're still tracking along with what we see at the end of 2022 and so as you can see all the way back in the early 2000s there were a lot more completions for homes that were being built and the number of homes that were being built were surpassing the number of household formations or the amount of families that were being formed that needed homes. And so because of that, you see that we have these increases or rather a excess in the number of homes that we had. And that was fine and that kept continuing to grow. Household formations were growing and you see that the number of homes that were being built were growing as well. And then we get to 2006 where we have a a couple of things that happened that created the Great Recession. But one of those things is that we have a huge drop off in the number of household formations, meaning a huge decrease in the number of people that were needing homes. And also in that same year, home builders built more homes than they had ever built before. So we have this huge supply. Now demand drops off completely. And you combine that with some um, things that were happening in the mortgage industry and stuff like that. And it creates this great recession that we end up in in 2008, where now, as you can see, we start the trickle down effect where now 2007 builders are building fewer 2008 same thing 2009 it goes down all the way until we get around 2011 2012 uh are now um we're, we're we're building at a lower level and once we get to about 2015 where now we have more household formations than what builders are building and that kind of continues on in that trend on through 2017 18 all the way up through where we are today where now we've had a lot more housing uh people needing housing a lot more houses being formed than what builders are building and so you have years of that that go on as you see here 17 18 19 for the last about six seven eight years that we've been having more homes 
or more people needing homes than homes that are being built. And because of that, we end up in this situation that we're in now where we have an inventory shortage and we have a lot more people that need homes than the number of homes available. And this is a situation that's going to last for years. Experts predict that we will be in an inventory shortage for at best uh, three to four years if we continue building at a steady pace. We are just that far behind in terms of the number of homes that we need to have on the market to support the demand. Now you'll see some people that say, oh, well, prices should be coming down because inventory is picking up and they're looking at the last 12 months of inventory. So we look over to the last 12 months of inventory and you're like, yeah, well, you know what? Inventory was low at the end of last year, beginning of this year, but it has been picking up as we get to April, May, June, July. Um, yeah, inventory has been picking up. However, there is a bigger picture that you need to be aware of when you're looking at these charts. And one of those bigger pictures is that this is something that happens every year, as you can see in this chart. Uh, and the homes, housing inventory goes up usually throughout the months of March, April, May, June, because more people tend to move during the summer months. People with families that have kids, they want their kids to start off school in the same school and not have to be switching during the middle of the school year and everything. So for a lot of different reasons, a lot of people tend to move or if they're gonna make that big relocation, it's gonna happen during those late spring, early summer, midsummer months before the school year starts. And so you see that happen every year. We have a inventory picks up and then it drops off as we get later on into the year. And then it picks up and drops off and picks up and drops off. And it's the same story. So you can't just take a small piece of what looks like, oh, inventory is picking up. Home prices should be coming down and take that as you know, we need to run with it. No, you need to look at the bigger picture here, which as you can see, this happens every single year. And this is where we're at now, where we do have inventory picking up and it will pick up a little bit more than what we've seen in previous years. But as you can see with this trend, it's been on a downward trend for a while and we have a ways to go before we get it back up to where it needs to be. So that's something that I did wanna show you concerning the inventory shortage um, and I'll stop sharing my screen here, but concerning the inventory shortage, I did want to let you know that so that you could be more informed and more aware of what it is that we're battling. So the second thing that I wanted to let you know that kind of separates this from 2008 is that we have homeowners that have a lot of equity and they're currently locked into really low interest rates. And so when you have, when we're looking back at 2008, Home prices got cut, some, some of them got cut in half, some of them got cut by more than half. There was a huge decrease in the value of homes after the 2008 recession. So you had people that owned homes that they may have purchased for 160,000 or 200,000, but now those homes were worth half of what they purchased, or they may have only been worth three quarters of what they purchased, but in any case, they were worth a lot less than what the owners still owed on them. And because of that, you had a lot of owners that decided to let their homes go because they didn't want to continue paying more for a home than what the home was actually worth. Uh, you had some homeowners that were in a bad situation financially after the Great Recession and they weren't able to continue making their home payments. And so they ended up having to foreclose. 
But with the situation that we're in right now, where we have homeowners who have a lot of equity, because again, home prices have gone up tremendously. And because of that, homeowners have a lot of equity. So you may have purchased that home for 200,000 and maybe that home is worth 250,000 now. That's $50,000 worth of equity. If you get into a tight situation where you can't afford to make your mortgage payments, rather than letting that home foreclose, you're more likely going to just sell the home so you can at least get the $50,000 worth of equity that you have in that home out of it, rather than just letting it foreclose and letting that equity go elsewhere. So because of the huge equity that people have you're not going to see a lot of foreclosures on the market again unlike 2008 where people didn't have that equity and they ran into hard times just selling their homes weren't really an option because if you owe 200,000 on your home but the home is only worth 150,000 you can't sell it for 2000 maybe you can you can have the lender sign off on you being able to do a short sale meaning you sell it for less than what it's worth and the lender being good with that amount to be able to clear the debt on the home. But again, you're not going to come out on top. So you had a lot more foreclosures in that instance. But right now, homeowners have a lot of equity and they have a lot of options when it comes to cash out refinances uh, to be able to help out with some of their financial uh, struggles that they may be having. Or if they uh, just want to get rid of the house and cash in, they can just sell it outright and again with the high demand that we have right now it's a more likely possibility that they will be able to find a buyer particularly if that house is priced right so you're not going to see a lot of foreclosures on the market right now and homeowners have a lot of equity in addition to the third thing that i mentioned which was that they have low interest rates we had two three percent four percent interest rates for a couple years from like 2019 through 2021 um, you, you had really, really low interest rates. And so because of that, homeowners were able to lock in those low monthly payments. Who, homeowners or people who already own homes or were able to purchase homes throughout the pandemic were able to lock in those low interest rates. And a lot of people don't want to give that up. And so because of that, people are going to do what they can to stay in their homes. You're not going to see that huge influx of homes being sold, which helps create inventory. So a lot of that, again, is because homeowners do have those low interest rates and they don't want to give those up. So that's the second reason that I wanted to get into. And the third reason of why people you're not this is different from 2008 and you're not going to see a lot of what we saw in 2008 is that the lending standards have changed. So what I mean by that is that prior to the 2008 uh, recession, lending standards were pretty pretty lenient. They were pretty lax. There, were, there was a huge lack of, of standards in the mortgage industry. And so there was a lot of subprime lending, a lot of predatory lending going on. And by that, I mean that there were individuals who could not qualify for the monthly payments or could not afford the monthly payments for which they were being given. So lenders were doing mortgages for homes and financing people's homes, but the people they were financing were not able to afford the mortgages for the homes that they were purchasing. Essentially, it was like if you had a pulse, it was easy for you to get a mortgage. Credit did not matter as much. 
Um, if you wanted to get a mortgage, a lot of times they had what was called stated income loans, which means that your income in many cases didn't even have to be verified. Whatever you wrote down on the paper, what stated on the paper, stated income was what the lender went off of to approve you for that loan and that mortgage. So because of those lending standards, there were a lot of bad mortgages that were written, meaning that you had a lot of people who had homes that should not have been given the mortgages to those homes because they could not afford the payments. And because you, when you have a lot of people that have mortgages who can't afford the monthly payments, you have a huge wave of foreclosures waiting to happen, which is what we saw in the Great Recession. And so this is a different time frame because after the Great Recession, there were a lot of federal and state regulations that were put in place to prevent another Great Recession from happening. Lending standards became a lot more tighter. Um, your credit report became a lot more important when looking at whether or not you would qualify for a home purchase. So lending standards increased dramatically to help prevent a, another Great Recession from happening. And so because of that, that created a situation where again, what we're looking at today uh, at in the end of 2023 is a lot different than what we were looking at in 2008 with the Great Recession. So what does that mean for us moving forward? What are we gonna be looking at in the foreseeable future? Well, for one, home prices are not going to drastically just reduce. Some people are hoping that they will, but they're not. One of the reasons, again, going back to the supply and demand, we do not have enough supply to meet the demand. And so since demand is outpacing supply, there's nothing that's going to be driving those prices back down. So we're gonna to continue to see uh, gradual increases in the prices of homes, even as inventory does pick up. So next year, we're project projected to see approximately a 4% increase. That's what a lot of the experts are saying is we're projected to see about a, a three to 4% increase in the values of homes. And we're gonna be seeing that for the next several years. So Lawrence Yoon, who is the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, uh, predicts that we're, over the next five years, we're gonna see anywhere from a 15 to 25% increase in the value of homes over the next five years. So if you do the math, that's anywhere from 3% a year to 5% a year in the gradual increase of the values of homes over the next five years. And so a lot of other economists and people that study the mortgage and real estate market closely also agree with that and that we will continue to see not the double digit jumps that we saw in the pandemic, but we will continue to see those single digit smaller gradual increases in the prices of homes as we continue to move forward over the years. So what does that mean for you if you're looking to purchase a home? It means that you shouldn't sit on the sidelines because those home prices are not getting cheaper. They are getting more expensive. That doesn't mean that there will not be some markets out there that will experience some some decrease in home prices. You have some homes that are overpriced. So you will see some homes that are coming back off of their prices because some homes are overpriced. Some markets are going to be declining markets, but you have other markets that are going to be markets that are 
coming up in value or keeping trend with inflation or just above inflation, which means those home prices are going to continue to go up. So as a whole nationwide, you will see a gradual increase in the value of homes over time. And that's what most of the experts are predicting for the mortgage and real estate market. So if you were looking to get into a home, now is a great time. And one of the reasons that now is a great time is because interest rates are still slightly higher than where they were in the height of the pandemic in 2020 and 2021. So you might be thinking, well, why does that make it a good time now? The reason is because when interest rates started going up towards 7% and 8%, a lot of home buyers decided to wait. They decided to shy away from the market. And so that decreased demand a little bit, which means that now with the decreased demand, some sellers have homes that are sitting on the market longer. Well, sellers who need to sell their homes are more willing to negotiate with the buyers who are willing to purchase their homes, which means that you can get things like seller concessions or seller contributions, which can help you lower your interest rate or help you eliminate all or a portion of those closing costs that you would have to pay to purchase that home. So these are things that make today's market very appealing because once interest rates do come back down and interest rates will come back down even further, maybe not not to the twos and threes. I don't expect that we may ever see that again in our lifetime. But as interest rates do come back down, we will see demand pick back up. Again, we're still in an inventory shortage. So as demand picks back up with those rates coming down, that means you will see prices start to creep back up there because demand is creeping up and we still have low inventory. So that makes now a good time to buy even at the higher interest rates because once you get the home that you want and hopefully are able to get that with some seller contributions or concessions that can help you out once you get that home that you want once the rates drop you can always refinance and get that lower rate but if you don't have the home now you're going to be competing with everyone else who's going to be entering into the market trying to get that home once interest rates drop and i believe it was some uh some assessments that were done that said that for every one percent that the rate drops there are about three to four million more people nationwide that can afford to now purchase a home that couldn't afford before because rates were too high so just think about that for a minute if you could purchase a home now but you're going to wait till rates drop when rates do drop, that means another three to four more, four million more people nationwide. However many that means for the area where you're looking to purchase, it may be a hundred thousand, it may be tens of thousands, but either way, with a limited inventory, that's tens of thousands of more people that are now fighting for the same shortage of inventory homes available on the market. So with that. It's going to make it even harder for you to get into that home that you want if you choose to wait until interest rates come back down because a lot more people are going to be in the market at that time and so that's some stuff that i wanted to leave you with of why this market is different than 2008 we're not going to see the same things happen in real estate that we saw back in 2008 so you really want to think about strategizing your next moves in terms of when you're going to be purchasing a home 
and how soon you're able to make that happen and what your options are for after you get that home and being able to lower your interest rates so that you can still get the lower monthly payment and secure the home that you want as well. So as always, uh, I'm Frederick Middlebrooks. You can follow me at GA Loan Officer on Instagram and TikTok, Frederick Middlebrooks on LinkedIn. So please do uh, like and subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Uh, it would be uh, an honor for me to have you subscribe and follow us. Uh, I'm always putting out shorts and other videos, webinars, because I do a monthly webinar as well, talking about different things in the mortgage industry. The webinar that we'll be uh, having in December is going to be on why you should refinance. It's actually a really good webinar. If you're a homeowner, you should tune in so that you can know not just why you should refinance for a higher rate, because you might be thinking, I've got a 3% rate. Why in the world would I refinance? You're going to want to tune in because we're not just talking about an interest rate for a home. We're talking about your total monthly debt. We're looking at your car note, everything else that you have that we could pay off, credit cards and other things that you might have that are at a much higher interest rate than what your house currently is at. And some of the things that we could do to help you in being able to lower your total monthly debt by refinancing and taking advantage of all of that equity that you were able to build over the course of the pandemic. So it's going to be a really good one in December if you're a homeowner. But even if you're not a homeowner, it's still going to be good for you to tune in because you will be a homeowner one day and you will be in the situation where you do have a lot of equity in your home. And this will let you know some of the things that you can do with that equity to help put yourself ahead, especially in the market that we're in right now, where inflation has had a lot of people running up credit card bills and a lot of people increasing their, their debt and decreasing savings. There are a lot of things that you're really going to want to know when it comes to refinancing and tuning into the webinar next month in December is really going to help paint the picture for what's going to what can be a really good road for you moving forward. So as always, thank you for listening and tuning in. Please like and subscribe. uh, And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care.